If you were born between 1969 and 1984, you are a part of the 65 million Gen Xers. And you've just found your new family. Welcome to the Carolina Underground. Gen X perspectives on rapidly changing technology, history, media, politics. How they come together and influence every aspect of daily life. The world we were raised in has ceased to exist, but we haven't. Let's do it. Welcome to the Carolina Underground. Now your hosts, Mark and Mike. Yo, 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 what's happening, Big Daddy? We're back again. <laughs> How you doing this evening, sir? Pretty good. I hope you're well. It's about just freezing up here. Yeah, yeah. I think it's mostly the delta going from, you know, the sev- low 70s down to the down to the 20s. I mean, that's a 50 degree delta in, you know, less than 12 oh, hours. Oh, yeah. yeah. And believe me, my joints are feeling it. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, let's set the stage. As we finished discussing last time, we said we were going to talk about a topic that has baffled Americans since November the 22nd, 1963. And that is the assassination of President Kennedy. I think a couple things we need to set the stage in is we need one thing is uh, we need to understand the world situation at that time. China was not China was not on the horizon. It was still very much the Soviet Union. We were worried about Castro in Cuba. Uh, we were busy uh, prosecuting the mafia to try to shut those guys down and stop organized crime. Uh, <clears throat> we were at the beginning stages of getting embroiled in Vietnam. It hadn't really started for real yet. So we were still kind of just playing the advisor role. All right. At the end of the summer, we have President Kennedy at an American university talking about what kind of peace he was meaning to go after and what he was looking to do. Uh, there, Kennedy White House had also already drafted a national security memo, which was going to start pulling the advisors out of Vietnam by the end of the year in December. Okay. Uh, A trip to Dallas was announced. A trip of goodwill to drum up votes to get ready for 64 was announced. And they were going through Dallas, Texas. And at about 12 o'clock Texas time, the trajectory of the United States and the entire American people was changed with gunfire does that pretty much set the stage i think the stage is very well set awesome uh, excellent job it's like a little chessboard i've got to put all the pieces in the right place right and okay i for one have uh i've read a lot on the kennedy assassination i don't understand how i became so infatuated with the kennedys uh, it just kind of happened. I'm not real sure why. Maybe the aura of Camelot. I was not born when Kennedy was assassinated, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the Gen Xers were not, anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, 
you know, it, it's one of those events like I can remember vividly for our generation, like the Challenger explosion and Columbine and things like that, the major events of where you were at when that happened. And this is mm-hmm. the defining moment for the generation before that. Mm-hmm. So I have, <clears throat> excuse me, read a lot of books on it. And of course, seeing the Oliver Stone movie and we all know he took liberties with everything and changed a lot of things, made some stuff up, added some stuff, but some stuff he did get right. Uh, I think, I think probably the best place to start uh, today's discussion is probably about Jim Garrison as the district attorney of the parish of New Orleans and um, exactly what he was trying to accomplish and then what in turn, whether we knew it at the time or not, what he had uncovered and what it kind of showed about the intelligence apparatus of the United States government working with organized crime and other entities to play kingmaker around the world. Okay. All right. So just for a refresher, Jim Garrison was the only one that ever brought anybody to trial in connection with the Kennedy assassination. Uh All right. He, um, he, the Clay Shaw, the person he brought to trial was acquitted, but it was later proven, even though the Clay Shaw said under oath, that he never had been nor never was a operative for the Central Intelligence Agency, which um, Garrison and his team at the time knew was false. Uh-huh. Uh, and documentation has since come out showing that it was in fact true, that he was a clandestine operator under various, various shell companies for the CIA. Well, again, just you know, when you, when you're dealing with an in, you know an industry made up of people whose job it is to lie for a living, are you really surprised when they lie to you? Not really. But I think at okay. the I think the problem at that point though is most of the American populace still had faith in their government. They they were not used to people lying. Gulf of Tonkin hadn't happened, right. uh, and this was getting. I think this is the the beginning of a lot of the conspiracy theories that have populated the cyberspace since then because people no longer trust the people in power and the people that are charged with making sure that we're safe. Absolutely. I mean, again, that is where the Kennedy assassination, and and I believe it was in the, after the Warren or in the Warren commission report is the first time, that the phrase conspiracy theory was ever used. I believe so you're right. That is, that is the, 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 and, and I, and I think that largely the only comment I would make is that largely the population has had faith in the government institutions and in the government until extremely recently. And I would put forth that there was still a significant amount of faith in the institutions um, until, well, and you can use either one. Definitely, in uh, you know, when the COVID restrictions, when 13 days to stop the spread turned into a solid year of lockdowns, I think that was the final blow. Um, oh, I and I would right. say there were some. I would say that the the that 
the revelation of exactly how deep the swamp is from 2016 to 2020 was another thing that uh, that that drastically changed the perceptions of the the general population. Now there's still at least 30 percent of the population that is still drinking that Kool-Aid. Oh yeah, at least according to the polls. Well, and okay. well, and if you believe the numbers, it's probably the ones that are getting a check from the government anyway. No, most likely. But again, the end result is that. Until relatively recently, um, you you still had, I mean, there were people that kind of went, eh, I don't know, but why would they lie to me about that? Right. And now the the what we're seeing is that if they're from the federal government, they'll lie to you when the truth would sound better. Oh, true. Uh, what was so, it? What is it? The, the scariest nine words in the English language is I'm from the right. federal government and I'm here to help. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a sad thing, and this is something that, that, that definitely needs to be addressed. But back to the topic on the Kennedy assassination, again, the, the, the intriguing thing is the way that the chessboard is set up. Okay, so okay. you do have a segment of the government that is attempting to, uh, you know, and, and that's the Federal Bureau of Investigation primarily in the Department of Justice that is in active pursuit of shutting down the operations of the mafia correct okay but at this same point in time what you have is an infiltration of those institutions by sympathizers to that and again this is one of those things where if you look historically uh every president that has attempted to take on the federal reserve and or the mafia has either been assassinated or removed from office and impeached or had a um, at least an assassination attempt. Mm-hmm. And again, the, the most recent being Ronald Reagan, who once the uh, assassination attempt occurred, he backed off right. from the reforms he was going to put in place. So, and I mean, if you want to continue down the, the conspiracy theory rabbit hole, of course, this all goes back to the big banking cartels, the Rothschilds, the folks in the Bilderberg Group, and all that mm-hmm. fun stuff. So, but anyway, that, that's, that's a that's a very deep rabbit hole. Very deep rabbit hole. So I'm gonna just I'm gonna go ahead and back off and um, and let you continue from from where you set the table earlier. Okay. So so we have all the pieces in place. We have Johnson and Conley, who. I don't want to say are probably less than honorable men, maybe. Hmm. I would say this typical good old boy network Texan politicians. Okay. Mm -hmm. So one thing we need to understand is the the threat in Dallas was not the only threat in Mm -hmm. November of 63. There were actually a couple of other ones. And this has Mm -hmm. come out in recent documentation. There And what I find really striking about this is the one, particularly the one that was going to take place in Chicago, the similarities that it bore to what actually happened in Dallas is really uncanny. Mm 
they had a the guy um the guy that was stopped doing it um he was a former marine uh-huh. he served at a top secret base in japan just like lee harvey oswald uh-huh. he didn't necessarily live in russia but the parade route was going to go toward a tall high-rise building to where it had to make a one of those weird turns just like it did in Dallas to slow down uh-huh. and then it would go out there through the freeway. Uh, that one was thwarted and they broke it up. There was also another one in Tampa by a Cuban uh, refugee and it was also said that if the lone nut or theorized that if the lone nut conspiracy theory did not work with Oswald and they had to produce a second shooter, that this was going to be who they were going to produce to be in cohorts with Oswald to kill President Kennedy in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a lot of interesting documentation also that's come out is even Bobby Kennedy did not believe that Lee Harvey Oswald killed his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's kind of a, an interesting scenario because you had Kennedy at that time had won one of the most narrow elections in history to that point. Sure. Mm-hmm. By the dubious connections of his father, mm-hmm. who called in favors with the people he knew, particularly mm-hmm. the people in Chicago and mm-hmm. Illinois that ran the organized crime. And mm-hmm. then Bobby Kennedy decides that instead of playing pretty and doing what the old man wanted him to do, he's going to bite the hand that put him in the office. And I think that, I I don't think the the mafia personally do not think the mafia had the power or the gutspa to, Uh to pull this off. But we've already seen that the organized crime was working with the CIA in conjunction with trying to retake their loss property in cuba to try to get castro out well and and to that point i think you're I th- I, you know i'd like to to build on that yes i don't think they had the power or the wherewithal to pull it off by themselves and get away with it see that's right. the important part okay the mafia has always had hit men house painters whatever you right. wanna, you know whatever euphemisms you want to throw in there to take care of removing threats and whatnot like mm-hmm. that now and again you know the you know Bobby Kennedy and his assault on the mafia did now I thought that began did that begin before um John F. was assassinated. I was under the impression that that started up afterward because Bobby Kennedy's death was, of course, the next one. No, but Bobby, they, Bobby, Bobby, after his after JFK died, Bobby yeah. kind of was tampered down. He mm-hmm. uh, he kind of quieted down because that was also the time when he was going after Jimmy Hoffa and prosecuting right. him for loaning money to the mafia to do or as their personal piggy bank. And being in organized crime and stuff like that with the unions and things such as that. Um, okay. So my timeline's a little bit off. Well, it's a little off, but you also like it's interesting that you said the word paint houses because you know recently, not too long ago, there was that movie that came out on Netflix about the Irishman, mm-hmm. Frank Sheeran, I believe is how mm-hmm. it said, 
And, you know, there's a scene in that movie um, to where he talks about how he delivered weapons that were going to be used for the Kennedy assassination. And it's actually part of that memoir that he did put in the book um, that the I paint houses, which was, Mm -hmm. you know, according to him is all true based on the disappearance. It's really a story about the disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa. But mm-hmm. it also touches base because all of that is so intertwined. And, you know, it, one thing I have figured and seen as I have grown up and read and studied things, a lot of times when you get focused on one topic, you don't really understand. Or when you're reading it out of a book, it's kind of hard to comprehend that you have all of these different gears and it's all taking place and working at the same time. Right. It's it's hard to, to fathom it's all going on at the same time instead of this happens and then this happens and this happens to when it's mm-hmm. all in conjunction. Mm-hmm. And you had, um, and, and, and you know, and I think what was the famous quote from the JFK movie, since when has the mafia done anything with a hit, but a hit up close with a 38. Mm. But, okay. um, but, and, you know, you, uh, I think uh, Mr. X from the, JFK movie was, and I did that with air quotes, mm-hmm. by the way, because uh, I think it was a. He ended up being a lieutenant colonel, and mm-hmm. uh, it's just I don't understand. One thing that has always baffled me is mm-hmm. you put it is obvious that President Kennedy and the Kennedy family, particularly Jack and Bobby, had anim- animosity with the CIA. That mm. President Kennedy had boasted and told many people in his circle that he was going to splinter the CIA. Mm-hmm. He undoubtedly thought that he had been lied to and misled on multiple times, not just the Bay of Pigs, but multiple sure. things by the CIA. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, again, now that's not a surprising thing. And there's going to be animosity between any intelligence organization especially an intelligence organization like the CIA that has always been in or that has historically been involved in regime change operations around the world. Correct. Okay. That's got to make you nervous if you're the head of the regime in the United States. Right. Because again, you're giving this organization of un- an, an unelected body of official of, of, of non-officials, but a, 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 of bureaucrats. Okay the the access to the deep pockets of the treasury and not really holding them accountable for their actions correct okay so that's got to make you nervous that's got to make it difficult for you to sleep at night i mean you the eisenhower and um oh my goodness uh, he wore dresses what was his uh, jagger you know, hoover j edgar yeah they butted heads as well right Okay, and so there's 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 a there's a history of animosity. So I don't think that Kennedy invented that. He might have gotten more um, vocal about it. I right. think that's a I think that's a valid thing to say. Well, and, well, and you know, though he did take uh, the added step of firing Alan Dulles, and I think mm-hmm. it was General George Cabell, who it was his second in command, mm-hmm. um, but. 
you know, it's kept, when you read a lot of this stuff, it's interesting to see how they put, particularly after the assassination, mm-hmm. how they put this together, and they put one of the, many of the people that were enemies of President Kennedy, and that Kennedy had fired, mm-hmm. on the commission to investigate it. Right. Mm-hmm. And the and Warren that, Commission, the yeah. Warren Commission, and mm-hmm. I, I, the Warren Commission, obviously, and and then is is nothing. I mean, obviously, we have proven even by Senate and con or I guess congressional hearings since then that the Warren Commission is fiction. Oh yeah, absolutely. particularly with the magic bullet. I mean, I right. have I've never shot a person. I have deer hunted and mm-hmm. coon hunted and things such as that. But I'm gonna tell you. One bullet going through bone seven or eight times and then coming out pristine. Mm-hmm. What's the saying that dog don't hunt? Right. Well, and again, the other thing is, I have—I mean, I've—I've I've shot many things and you know, uh, and several several animals. Okay. Never have I ever seen an in a, a a carcass of any sort or any sort of object after being impacted by a bullet jerk in the opposite direction from the the uh momentum of the bullet right and so it is simply flies in the face of everything that i know about physics right that you could possibly that he could possibly have been shot from behind and jerk backwards so that Mm -hmm. was the you know that was well and and i think the things that they weren't counting on because they had this down they knew what they were going to do Mm-hmm. The the, part, the two things they were, I think they were not counting on a was the Abraham Sapruder film, mm-hmm. uh, and B James Taig, who was the guy that was struck by the bullet that missed the cars altogether down mm-hmm. at, down near the overpass, right. um, and a lot of the stuff that has come out too recently um, is about the autopsy photos. Right. They don't know who took the pictures, and the mm-hmm. pictures are in direct opposition to the wounds that the doctors and the people that saw the president in Parkland Hospital said that he had. Right. And, of course, then the mystery of they can't find the president's brain. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, Well, and again, I'm not I, – I, I, I do believe that Oswald fired shots. I am not – I am, and and I am convinced that some of the the shots that he, some of the three shots that he fired, very easily could have impacted or struck the president or mm-hmm. the senator uh, or the Secret Service man. Right. All right. I'm gonna dis- I'm gonna disagree possible, with you. I'm, 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 I'm saying it's possible. I'm right. not saying that it's impossible. Well, but regardless, the 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 findings of the Warren Commission were, you know, were 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 made out of whole cloth right lie right from right. Start, start to finish right and I, i'm not going i'm not going to disagree with you on that point the point i'm going to mm-hmm. disagree with you in is on is i do not believe that oswald fired a single shot okay that's intriguing i'm you know uh, I'm happy well, to, to in, well and I'm, I'm gonna tell you why they okay. did a nitrate test on oswald and it he had not fired anything that day and remember he was supposed to have just killed a policeman Ah, okay. And because originally why he was arrested arrested was not for the murder of the president. It was the murder for Officer Tippett. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, they, 
there's a couple things about the rifle that are a little fishy. First off, okay. they sit the rifle that they found on the sixth floor to uh, to the FBI. Mm-hmm. The best print people in the FBI could not find a fingerprint one on it. Nothing. Okay. Mm-hmm. It comes back to Dallas, and then all of a sudden, the guy finds a whole usable palm print, even after the best guy in the FBI. Now, mind you, if Oswald had actually done it, this mm-hmm. was just more evidence that this lone nut did it because mm-hmm. it would have been in the FBI's interest for them to find the print. Mm-hmm. The second piece of the, about the rifle that is a little sketchy is the rifle that they show in the famous pictures of them holding up the rifle uh-huh. isn't the rifle that Oswald was holding in the picture in when he's holding it in the background, and it's not the rifle that he ordered. The shoulder strap connections are in different places. Okay. And the rifle, uh, there's... I read something, and you have to forgive me because my mind just went blank, but there were a discrepancy in the length of the rifles that they found and the length of the rifle that Oswald ordered. Sure. Okay, now that's uh, some of that is new information now. So do you feel like there were any shots fired from the book depository, or do you think that all of the shots were fired from, for example, the grassy knoll, which would have been in front of the uh limousine no i actually i do believe there was a i believe essentially what they but what jim garrison put forward in his book on the trail of assassins i believe it was a triangulated crossfire you had a team at the grassy knoll which was behind the fence you had lee bowers actually testify who was he was a railroad worker he actually testified that at the time of the assassination there was something like a flash or a puff of smoke or something that made him feel like there was something that went that was not right there on the grassy knoll. Okay, mm-hmm. I think that people were firing. A team was firing from the school book depository, and I also okay. think there was a another team at a lower trajectory at the Daltex building across the street, opposite from uh, the Texas school book depository. Okay, absolutely, yeah. So that being the point that I was making about Oswald uh, or the, the shots being fired from mm-hmm. the depository, because there were shots that came from that that are would be consisted of a uh, of, of of that trajectory from Correct, right, the book right, depository, right, right. So, but you don't agree that Oswald fired the shots, and right. I I I feel fully confident that you've got you know I, I i agree with a lot of the evidence you presented okay. but again he could have worn something he could have worn rubber gloves okay that's true but, yeah, okay but anyway. okay mm-hmm. that is true but there is yeah. other evidence to where there mm-hmm. were some women on the i think they were on the fourth floor mm-hmm. and as the assassination was happening, three of the women went and were going down the stairwell that they supposedly said Oswald came down mm-hmm. at the same time. Okay. They never saw him. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you had just, and this is just conjecture on my part, but mm-hmm. if I had just shot at the president of the United States and blew his brains out, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to take time to stop at the canteen on the second floor and drink a Coke. Oh, no. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, I honestly, I, I truthfully think that 
I, I believe Jim Garrison about had it nailed. Now, I think some of his things were a little quirky, but yeah. as far as Oswald goes, I believe he... You were in the military. Did yep. you get Russian language training? No. Okay. But again, I was not... That wasn't, that wasn't my... That wasn't my rating. So right. my rating was a machinist mate. So I got training in managing boilers and, and, right. and things of that nature. But were you know the, the the intelligence people did you know receive training? You know your 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 typical ground pounder is not going to be trained in foreign language. Right. But right. the the intelligence officers, Army intelligence, Navy intelligence, those guys very well could receive mm-hmm. that sort of training. Well, and, you know, it's Oswald was stationed at a top-secret base in Japan where U-2 spy flights originated. Of course, so was the other guy that they had supposedly thwarted in Chicago. Right. Uh, uh, Oswald, I honestly think until the day he died, Oswald was still employed at some level by the intelligence community and he was exactly what he said he was he was a patsy oh there's no doubt i i don't doubt that in any way shape form or fashion i i fully i fully concur but again it's one of those things he he could very well have been a part of the mk ultra program something of that nature almost was going on yes in that time frame Mm -hmm. okay uh and you know the entire his entire military career could very easily, far more easily than today, have been fabricated, because all you would have needed was the proper forms and a typewriter. Right back in those days, right. maybe a notary stamp. And I think okay. there's another one too. The uh, another piece of in- of evidence that damned Oswald in the mind of the public. Remember mm-hmm. the pictures of him holding the guns in the backyard. Yes. All right. You know, Oswald famously said that those were doctored, that those were not. He didn't remember that picture ever being taken. Right. Now, Marina did take pictures of him in the backyard, and they're, they're on file. And if uh-huh. you notice, Oswald is wearing, in the, pic, in the real pictures, Oswald is wearing a wedding band on, I think it's his right hand. Uh-huh. Okay? On the picture that they put on the cover of the magazine that damned him in the mind of the public, There's Mm -hmm. no wedding band on any finger. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Marina, and Marina, I think later on, I think at first she came out and did it because she'd been with the government people and they were telling telling her that if she didn't tell them what they wanted her to say, that they were going to deport her. Hmm. Understood. Yep, and that that will, you know, when your life is is threatened in any fashion, it definitely makes you uh, have suspect decisions. Right. But, but but like in one of the things that they did point out was is that there was a lack of secret service in the area that the protect like the general protection codes were so grossly sat to the side particularly by having all the open windows they never would the guy that opened the umbrella you have the the homeless guys that were supposedly taken off of the train, the hobos. Mm-hmm. Well, have you did have you looked closely at the picture of the hobos? I have not. Okay. If you get a chance, look at those pictures. 
you know, hobos tend to be people, what we would call bums or homeless people today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't have any frayed cuffs. Their shoes are new. They're clean shaven. Mm-hmm. And they just don't look like hobos. Don't look like they've been riding the rails. Right, exactly. Living in the living in the rail yard. Trust right. me, my right. wife's yeah. been been rode hard and put up wet. And they don't look nowhere near like that. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. <laughs> but it's just you know that that I think that one point in American history was the turning point that where the aspects of I that. The tendrils of that grasp us today because we have now entered a looking glass to where the direct, whole direction of our country, I think, was changed. And I think, mm-hmm. uh, and in some sense, the innocence of our nation was taken away. Absolutely. Yeah. Because when Kennedy died, what happened? Vietnam started for Vietnam real. Vietnam escalation, yeah. Well, who, who, what was the, you know, Lyndon Johnson was friends with people from Bell Helicopter. They were sure. his benefactors. Well, who uh-huh. benefited the most? Well, Bell Helicopter was going broke until uh-huh. they went and pitched a helicopter for Indochina use. And then that was worth billions, almost, I think billions, at least three or four billion dollars to Bell Helicopter for uh-huh. Vietnam. Right. But, uh, and then you had, now it's come out, you know, about the Gulf of Tonkin, to where it mm-hmm. never happened. And then mm-hmm. you begin to wonder, who's actually running this country? <laughs> if the president right. of the United States can be disposed of so expeditiously and so carelessly, mm-hmm. where is the power actually at? Oh, no, absolutely. And again, that does go right straight down, you know, that rabbit hole of, I mean, at at the end of the day, it's all about the finances. It's all about the money. Right. Big Dan Teague from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Mm -hmm. It's all about the money, boys, here into the lesson. Okay. Now, and that's been something that has been true for decades if not centuries oh i think you're i think you're more right on the centuries yeah and so the the end result is the 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 person who the 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 shadow people that control the purse strings and i'm not talking about you know down at your local bank i'm talking about the, the the big boys right that we never that we never hear their names or see them those are the ones i mean because they're the ones that make all of the policies right and you, you know, you can't take money out of politics because they're one and the same. Money exactly. is nothing but portable power. Okay. Mm-hmm. So again, now, you know, the constitution of the United States is an incredible document and the founding fathers that created it were in just absolute beyond genius, you know, in their foresight and everything else. And the mechanisms are within that document, within that framework to protect the citizenry from the shadow cabal controlling the uh, controlling the funding, right? Uh, but unfortunately, we have strayed so far from that document, even back to the point of the creation of the Federal Reserve, right? Well, that, uh, the the mm-hmm. Congress has legislated away their congressional power, essentially, absolutely, intentionally. Again, because they don't want to bear, they don't want the accountability for the choices that they make. Right. 
And you know, and and that's one thing that you and I have discussed before is Mm -hmm. the founding fathers. We we get fed up of hearing gridlock this and gridlock that and how there's quabbling and fighting Mm -hmm. and not getting anything done. Well, that's exactly what the founding fathers intended. They didn't want it easy for the federal government to do anything. Right. And the federal government really wasn't supposed to be doing anything except maintaining the common defense and promoting the general welfare. Right. Okay. And then that's when the bastardization of the necessary and proper clause came in. Correct. Correct. So, again, that whole the, the whole point being that the you know, the, 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 the states are sovereign entities, hence the Tenth Amendment. They are sovereign entities. And the United States, the grouping of those entities, was supposed to take all of its direction from the majority uh, opinions of the states. Right. And that's where, you know, everything has gone off the rails. Well, I mean, and, you know, up until, you know, and as you and I have, we've discussed this many times, the Mm -hmm. United States, as we know it today, did not have a citizen one until after the Civil War because it didn't exist. Mm -hmm. Right. So, right, and so we've 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 strayed fairly far off topic at this point. Well, that's not nothing. That's relevant. not. <laughs> I mean, when have we not strayed off the topic? <laughs> that that is a good point, indeed. But uh, so yeah, now I was just circling back though to the 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 point being, I agree that the United States lost its innocence. At you know, at, you know, through the time frame when Kennedy was assassinated, and through the uh, the the propaganda and whatnot that was shared about Vietnam, right, and what occurred at the Vietnam War. Now, again, I'm not I have I am not saying anything negative whatsoever about the people that actually fought the no. Vietnam War. Okay, they, neither the soldiers am I. Were by following, any means. Yeah, they were following orders, but. There was an awful, I mean, the, the, that was, I think the Vietnam War was really the first conflict that was primarily um, the result of feeding money to the military-industrial complex. I think okay. you're 100% right. Yeah, I don't believe that. I mean, the, the World War II was a legitimate response to the attempted takeover of Europe by Germany. Right. And the North Korean conflict was a legitimate response to the, you know, the the, the North Koreans invading mm-hmm. South Korea. Right, and I think in truth, in in, in all fairness, I do think mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the blame for Vietnam sometimes gets laid at Lyndon Johnson's feet. But we also have to take into consideration the group of people that they called the wise men at the time, which I think were like twelve or fourteen or fifteen of senior statesmen that kept telling him up until that certain precipice that, oh, yeah, this is all you need to do and the war can be won. And then it wasn't until they finally changed their minds that he finally realized the folly of what they had done and the treasure that they had spent is just lost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll agree with you. All right. Well, we have established that there was a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. We are kind of at odds on whether Oswald was actually a shooter or a watch, a not watchful eye to report anything. Mm-hmm. But we guarantee you he's a patsy. Oh, no doubt. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we are in uh, unison that 
It was the ushering in of a new era of American politics and American life to where the people could no longer trust the government and the people they put in power to safeguard them. Right. Well, and I think a, 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 a succinct way of putting that is, you know, that that the government of the people, by the people, and for the people still existed, but the people were not the citizenry of the United States. Right. It was it became, a subset of it. Right, and became the people that had the most... Uh, Financial power. Right. The, mo- the most uh, Benjamins. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Well, I guess that's the snout to the curly tail and everything in between then. <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> it to me. <laughs> How about we do this again next time and pick another topic that's a little less morbid? <laughs> Roger that. Well, we can always revisit this at a, at a later date and... and, and pick it apart and make sure that we don't uh, try to take we need to eat this element elephant one bite at a time that's right trying to eat it whole that's right because <laughs> there, there is a and it, you know it's, it's really this is a very this one topic and i mean we've been talking probably here for 30 40 minutes this mm-hmm. one topic the all the different strands here and all the different pieces in play I think you could talk on this topic and all the little aspects and nuances that have been going on. I think we could be here talking until Christmas and still not clear every piece off the board. Roger that. I agree. Mm -hmm. Well, Mark, I've enjoyed it. Let's stop it here. I will talk to you offline later and we'll get together and get with our friends here on podcast land and present a new topic next week. Sounds good. You've been listening to the Carolina Underground. Our passion is to talk about technology, history, media, politics, and how it's all changed over the years and affects our daily life as Gen Xers. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Twitter at CarolinaUND. G-R-N-D. Hit the website at www.thecarolinaunderground.com. And if you've got questions or comments, send an email to info at thecarolinaunderground.com. Stay Gen X strong. See you next time on the Carolina Underground.